Welcome, party people, to Always Strikes Last. Welcome to Always Strikes Last. This is us. Uh, I'm Miles, and uh, I'm here with Jack. Uh, Matt is unfortunately stuck in combat with a cron spine and yeah. uh, could not be with us. Can't retreat, yeah. turns out, from those. Wanted him to things. come, you know, join, <laughs> but, you know, when you Always Strikes Last, you have to wait. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so, just a little Miles and Jack episode uh for your earballs today and uh we're going to talk about the uh hot off the presses news very exciting i think we timed this just perfectly uh to talk about the new battle scroll uh from age for age of sigmar absolutely and you know fate really interceded in this one as our, our loyal listeners will know we do try to keep a fairly tight two-week cadence to get new mm-hmm. episodes out which we really fell down on last week it was uh, one thing after another getting in the way of your favorite entertainment or at least one of your top 100 favorite entertainments there we go yeah we just we, we just want to crack the top 100 you know i feel like that's that that's really where you want to be yeah if we can be like firmly sandwiched between some half-remembered book from your childhood and a thing you kind of liked once but can't remember the name of we've made progress oh yeah really nailing it that's the always strikes last uh guarantee (laughs) yeah we creep up there bit by bit (laughs) always strikes last we creep up there (laughs) but let's get right into it uh we got the battle scroll uh galatian uh reinforcements october 20 uh 2022 and kicking off uh with a hot and spicy one uh is the nerf to the purple sun which of which actually was last month so this is just a reprint yeah um, yeah this this one already happened and definitely I, I think entirely right because it was was it yeah. still within six you had to be originally so it wasn't like a longer range or anything like that yeah, and then they um they shrunk the range for getting hit for the mortal wounds or the the insta kill range. That used to be three inches, which was actually it was really easy to tag like a couple different units because that mm-hmm. the purple sun is a pretty big base. No, I, th- I think that's fair. Yeah, so, so really, that is a big, big delta. So I guess it's a recap that for those of us who aren't looking at the scroll at the moment. Mm-hmm. You know, used to be float this thing in there if you're able to cast it as well. It's a high casting value. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, everyone's holding their breath because on a one, if it was within an inch of something, it could just die. Yeah. It just be off the table, removed, you know, no coming back from it. Uh, unless you were Gargan, of course. Right. Uh, and, you know, for everyone else, it would do its kind of useful, like, permarend bubble. You know, if it tags you, it subtracts one for your save rolls. Uh, now, it's still pretty good, but, you know, as Miles said, rather than three inches to tag something to maybe just insta-kill it, it's one inch. Right, Run one inch. And it's D6 plus six wounds, which is still uh, pretty if, good. Yeah, if you have a wound characteristic of uh, greater than nine, or, or I guess of ten or more at this point. Exactly. So big things, you know, can evade the uh, insta death, you know, stops the feels bad from like a cash or an Archeon or a Kragnos yeah. just disappearing to this. But still, you know, uh, this one isn't the newest. This one, uh, I think people had seen. Yeah. And, uh, but it's been a good change. And I think uh, in the times, I mean, uh, I felt it was before this change came out, it was definitely feeling like an oops, all purple suns uh, kind of meta. 
Yeah, the inclusion rate, I think they've even said in some of the articles where this is very high, but I'd heard that elsewhere too. And, mm-hmm. and, and it was omnipresent. It, it was such a good include for its points if yeah. you had a ghost of a chance of actually casting it that you were seeing it everywhere. Yeah. Um, let's see, going through Grand Alliance order, nothing changed here. I think uh, Storm Drake Guard still have their nerf, or was it a buff? I don't remember, but nothing changed. Seraphon mm. had their slight nerf to coalesce, so yep. that it's uh, the the minus one damage is only for Saurus, Croxigor, and monsters. Still very strong. Living City, something about Living City. Uh, Grand Alliance Chaos. Here's a here's a hot and spicy one. This would have been great if Matt was here mm-hmm. to talk about Beasts of Chaos. Uh, they're one of those factions. You know, if you look at that. Uh, MetaWatch article that they put out, Beast of Chaos was sneaking up there with a quite a high win rate, uh, according to you know Games Workshop data. Um, you know, I think they were they were like way high for a little bit there. So this is kind of interesting. I did I looked this up before the podcast um, because I didn't know what this meant <laughs> when I read it. Uh, changes mm-hmm. the Primal Roar Monstrous Rampage from White Dwarf issue 473 to roll a dice on a three up, you get a primordial call point. So a couple different things that I had to understand was primordial call points are what Matt calls goat meats, uh, which is the summoning points that you use. Uh, I'd only ever heard them called goat meats. <laughs> yeah, I actually prefer that term. That's a sure. much more beast of chaos sort of feel. Uh, so I had to be like, I had to double check that that was in fact what those are. And then, so what this wild, uh, this monstrous rampage was, it used to be uh, roll a dice on a two through a five, you get one. On a six, you get three. And it's now changed to on a three up, you get one. Which is, you know, pretty significant, right? Because yeah. it used to be a really easy way to just twice a turn get a primordial call point which i think sort of broke the table for people <laughs> i think so yeah i think their summoning uh, has always been really strong and uh just that little bit extra was pushing them over the edge it's true but i remember the good old days or the good old days or whatever you want to call them mm-hmm. where like literally you only had to worry about like a gaggle of ungors who didn't know why they've been called to that particular meeting by the herdstone and the shaman sure. who was ritualist for sacrificing them but you could shut it down like a little bit more regularity <laughs> yeah but then again yeah, that exactly. was the days they had no win rate and so maybe they needed that buff <laughs> yeah no exactly and we'll see this is of course just the the rules changes portion and and we'll get in there's there's more meat and potatoes to to come uh nothing big for grand alliance death i still love the flesh eater courts change uh just giving them that uh the deathless ward minions ward save all the time instead of having to be wholly within 12 of a hero such yep, a yep. such a needed buff there, um, and then uh, Bone Reapers continuing to get cr- uh, stalkers and a Mortis Guard as battle line potentially, which is fun. I mean, that, that's a, an army you want to see more than just the older version of it, where it was just a big block of Mortic Guard and the like, yeah. Gunstar Harvester. I mean, uh, it's introduced variety into the game, which is fun. <laughs> no, exactly, and they have all other units are super cool looking, and so I'm all am I'm all about having. Uh, a, a larger variety in my Ossiarch Bone Reaper opponents. Um, getting down into destruction, here we go. Uh, big news for the uh, uh, what's it Red called? Red and Blades there? Yeah, for the um, 
uh cruel boys geez uh, what kind of podcast host am i um so the swamp college shaman and pot grot uh previously they had to do an either or thing where they could either buff the poison uh daggers or they could cast spells um and now they can do both which is uh a huge thing because um i haven't used them a ton but they you know it was one of those things where like okay i'm gonna take the uh buffing the the damage because that doesn't require like that's a that's a guaranteed versus some spell you know and their spells are quite good they have uh excellent spells so hopefully that'll get uh get some more use use out of them and then for all of our spider fans uh big news for the gloom spite gets uh if you uh you can get if you're if you're going spider fang you can now take arachnorok spiders with the spider fang war party which is sort of the um, it's the heroless version uh, of the Arachnorock spider as a battle line choice. So that's kind of a fun tweak for them. I think so. I mean, like, uh, you know, I, I kind of want to see that particular, like, spider board. And that kit is not the most expensive for a giant monster. I think I saw on the site that they had still like $60, which mm-hmm. is radically cheap compared to whatever our brains have been tricked into seeing as a new normal for everything relatively sure. large-ish on a base. Yeah. No, exactly. And then of course we get into the the real meat and potatoes of this balance uh war scroll, which is the uh the points changes. Oh yeah, yeah. And this one did seem to be like where they focused, I think. Yeah. And I gotta say, like, I am all about this format. I don't know if you've checked it out. Uh, not you, Jack. I mean, I'm assuming you've checked it out because you're here on the podcast. But you people at home, if you've checked it out, they uh, give you the new points value along with a delta from what the old points value was so that I can actually interpret, like, because I don't know offhand how many points demonettes are. Like, is 110, is that good? Is that bad? How, like, you know, that's a lot of lookup I've got to do all of a sudden. It's it's true. Uh, you know, the, the old one where it was like, oh, I'm just looking at a, a wall of numbers and hopefully this is something cool I can divine yeah. later is a little bit more digestible when you just see like red, green, good, bad, yeah. and the delta. In terms of how much any of these really make a difference, I mean, that's going to be something that like the, the deep list thinking will have to divine. Sure. Uh, I, I throw out an overall impression thus far and that a lot of them, you know, there, there are some, you know, I guess, notable exceptions we can get to a little later. Mm-hmm. A lot of them are sort of micro changes in the sense that like they themselves are not going to just give you the silver bullet to like blow away your opponent's army all of a sudden or to make the difference. But the aggregate in points will probably mean you can get a couple extra units on the table you just wouldn't have had. Sure. And in a positional game where it's about claiming objectives and blocking people off and screening and doing all these things, it's probably going to make the difference in some cases in that, yeah. just that way. No, absolutely. Uh, let's. I guess just going through these one by one. Uh, Cities of Sigmar, cool. More, um, more Charybdis War Hydras. Love to see those. Those are you know fun. I mean, old models at this point, but fun nonetheless. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I have tons of these, so I'm I'm excited to see it. You know, not that they've seen the field, but uh, you know, twenty points off and everything means everything is a little bit more palatable. Yeah, exactly. I mean, 145 for War Hydra. I mean, it, it clocks in at kind of a reasonably cheap monster, I'd say, um, yeah. for, for what it does. <laughs> no, exactly. Uh, Seraphon, no big surprise. Uh, all the big boys went up. Uh, the Engine of the Gods, Croak, Astralith Bearer, Skink Priest, and Slan. I'll go, I mean, you know, who saw that coming? But, uh, yeah, and we'll see. I don't know. Croak, Croak is now a mighty 450. I mean, he is a big boy, so that's kind mm-hmm. of interesting. Um, 
I had seen a large number of lists taking both Croak and the Slan. Um, well, maybe not large. I'd seen at least a couple lists taking. Uh, it, it seemed like it was maybe a thing. So I think that'll probably, you know, that's a swing of 40 points for that list. Um, and all of a sudden, that's going to start hurting your bottom line in terms of what else you can fit in. Um, and then they tried to give us some, they gave us some uh, points drops on the Carnosaur and the Troglodon. We'll see if that's enough. I don't know. Like, I, I love Carnosaurs. I want to see them all the time, but they're just not very good. <laughs> yeah. And I think that uh, that's kind of the key right there. We look at that, and this is where I, I ask myself every time we do one of these points adjustments, mm -hmm. is this moving the needle? Is this changing what shows up when I play that Seraphon player? All of a sudden, is it like, ah, oh, thanks to Totec out the window? Yeah, yeah. Sora's time. No, this is not yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> We're here with uh, what's the what's the stupid so the Saurus one the Saurus only sub faction. I, I'm not I'm not remembering it is. I, I think it's in a book somewhere, maybe covered in dust. Yes, exactly. <laughs> right. It's the it's the non Thunder Lizards uh, coalesced sub faction that's all about Saurus. I tried it a couple for a couple games, and it's uh, it's tough. It's got some interesting. Uh, it steps on its own toes quite a lot. Because you have a lot of ways of getting the same buff. Yeah, yeah I, I think I think that's kind of that's kind of the key. And you know, for a bunch of savage lizard people, they never quite felt like they were just owning that level of I don't know, damage. Maybe that's mm -hmm. what the difference is. And like it comes in, in some ways back to the point where when they get a slight worse scroll adjustment or a book changes or something mm -hmm. else, material changes, I think that's what changes the stars and have no Seraphon puns intended. Yeah. <laughs> <That one. laughs> well, uh, speaking of changing the stars, some drops on Stormcast Eternals. It looks like a lot of the stuff from the box set, you know, the most recent box set. So we'll see those. I mean, not that I was not seeing those. I definitely saw, I mean, Vigilors, those are cool. Always excited for more Vigilors. Annihilators, I don't know that I wasn't seeing Annihilators. Annihilators are still pretty cool. Uh, you know, some some yeah. big drops on the two the two <clears throat> fancy dragons. Yes, Krondus and Karazai. I had a, the pleasure of killing a Krondus in a game recently. Yeah, um, so he's pretty good. But I could see that fifty points being nice, just in the kind of that chip away at what you can fit into a list if you want to play with him. Kind of way. Sure. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, Yandrasta coming down. I feel like she got uh, nerfed into oblivion early on in this edition. Right, she came out. She was uh, absolute hotness there for a second, mm -hmm. and then um, so this is probably just the long tail correction uh, from that. And you know, I think uh, back when this edition started, we had you know we were doing monsters, uh, you know, and everything was about monsters. And she is an absolute monster monster killer. Oh yeah, and so she was probably shining extra hard that particular time period exactly. because there was a lot of valuable prey, easy pickings, or the bonus points for killing them. So, mm -hmm. you know, in this particular version of it, where it's all about being a Galatian vet, you know, she doesn't have as much to do. She doesn't want to go in those caves. <laughs> exactly, but super cool model. Hopefully, <clears throat> see more of her. Um, and uh, let's see, Beast of Chaos. Poor Matt. The Dragon Ogres have gone up uh, twenty points for for three. Um. Maybe they're bad enough that he can uh, feel good about playing them again. I don't know. We'll we'll see. It has to get to a pretty exquisite level of bad for that to happen. But <laughs> I, I don't know, it's, it's it's interesting. They still always feel like a great deal. I mean, yeah. even even at one forty five. I mean, what is it? It's five wounds a model. Is that right? You I know? think that's right. Yeah, five. Yeah. five, maybe six. 
five wounds a model, a whole bunch of attacks, ability to rally them in, you know, before right. you find any tricky buffs and all that. So, like, if I'm thinking less than 10 points a wound, not so bad. Yeah. Not so bad. So they're they're still fine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Cockatrice up 15 points. No one's surprised there. Hopefully we'll see fewer lists taking 12 of them or whatever. I, I always thought that seemed like such a fun meme thing, but it's only fun for you when you do it. I, I, yeah. I heard that there was, <laughs> you know, one person who grabbed like, the proverbial brass ring on that. It did take like a 10 cockatrice list or something, and I get mm-hmm. one 5 at a GT. So that person should get a medal. <laughs> right. But... Well, it's like the the first person to come up with. Uh, remember those uh, the the time someone showed up to a GT with the blood letters that were made out of uh, pipe cleaner to spell the word blood on base. So they were literal. I mean, it's like okay, you got me once. Good job. Well, let's never have this happen again. Yeah, exactly. That one better not be coming out for the next one. You know, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, they've successfully dispelled it. The cockatrice is still fun. Just maybe not as hyper points efficient as it was at yeah, you know, ninety five. Heat Knights, they, uh, you know, near and dear to my heart, of course. Yeah. You know, they, some, some nice, nice buffs here. Some of them I think are more impactful than others. Like, I like all of these units. Sure. Even the Benighted Slangors. But, you know, it's 20 or 30 points in each of them. Glutos is probably the most significant because he's a fun, big monster kind of mm-hmm. centerpiece model to play with. And I've had some success with him. But I'll say that he's not quite as tough and scary as, like, the other biggies. Sure. Uh, he's more of a utility piece. And so... When you're scrabbling for points, 440 just feels better than like 470 does. Mm-hmm. You know, I think for for that stuff, the demonets is probably the most significant because they're a battle line, and you know, they were 130 before, but they are one moon models. You know, yeah, no, that's rough. Summoning them in, uh, so if you want to take them now, you can actually get numbers and not feel as bad when something snipes them off or, or anything looks at them and they die. Yeah, uh, I guess the last around these ones out, the fiends and the slangors. Fiends, it's good. Being 175, definitely better than 195. I yeah. still don't think it's quite enough. Like, I bring them sometimes just to have fun, but they're kind of a weird situational swingy unit that just dies too quickly for what they provide. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, they want to go up and sting giant monsters to death and, you know, use their barbed tails and, and get some vibe attacks. And they do have a fairly cute minus one to hit if they're fighting something yeah. in combat. But they only have four wounds each, and they have a five-up save, and there's no work save on them. So, yeah, they 175 just... is still hefty. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Um, and do we think that uh, Slangor Fiend Bloods are going to be the new hotness uh, at a at a crisp 110 points? We're just going to see fields of them. Oh, you know, yeah, I'm pretty sure like the, the, the beast, Slon Beast Alliance coming out of the woods now, you know, ululating cries for pleasure and some sort of meats or whatever <laughs> right. Matt would call them. <laughs> no, I, I think I think they're still just a little bit too expensive, maybe by 60 points or something like that. You know, yeah. <laughs> but they're, you know the, the problem with these is if you didn't make them absurdly cheap, like almost criminally cheap, such that you could MSU them around and not really care if they were kind of junky. Right. They're still over 10 points a wound because I think it's three wounds a model. So it's nine wounds for 110 points. Right. Uh, and, you know, for those of you who haven't encountered these in the battlefield, which Reed should be most every one of you, mm-hmm. their biggest thing is that they have a kind of middling attack profile, a leader of slightly better attacks, just a couple, couple extra. And then at the end of the combat, if they survive, each of them can kind of uh, roll a dice in the four up. They'll do a mortal wound to you, you know, if they're near a unit. 
that being said, can you really rely on that with like five up save, three wound models and units of three <laughs> that don't yeah. do that much damage on the charge? Yeah, the chance of them doing uh, sticking around uh, against, you know, fighting anything that's worthwhile to do a mortal wound to. I mean, it's always worthwhile to do a mortal wound, but like some mortal wounds are hit hit better targets than others. Exactly. I mean, maybe they do a change in the scroll and all of a sudden have a really cool niche viability, which is a bit more reliable. And I, I think that will happen eventually. Mm -hmm. And I'm looking forward to it because I do have three painted ones ready for the action at all times. Nice. But this is not the points change that changed the meta. for this. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Uh, moving on, pretty targeted uh, Maggotkin of Nurgle uh, nerf. Um, I was thinking about this, uh, thinking back to uh, my most recent game against Nurgle in the GT a couple weeks ago. Remember last month at this point? Geez, time flies. And I think uh, every single unit in that army is on this short list and got a points increase. Oh, yeah. Uh, which is which is good because literally there are so many other units in the army which are really cool. Yeah. You know who's skated by in this one? Didn't have any points increases? Sloppity Biopiper. That's Ready true. For action. Very yeah. good. Uh, uh, Beast of Nurgle, <clears throat> still there, still very good, very uh -huh. strong. Um, and this, I think just uh, the trick with this kind of list, right? So it's Lord of Afflictions, Blowub, uh, Ogrots, uh, and then the Puskoa Blight Lords in, in ones and twos. Um, and what was kind of funny about that army was they were already expensive, right? They are expensive. Look, look at it. it's it's 250 points now for two Puskoa Blight Lords. Mm -hmm. um, and so it was an army of very low footprint where you kind of everything you had was good, but you only just had enough to really have the sort of board presence that you need in, in this kind of game. Mm -hmm. And I think this is just going to tip the scales where like, all right, you, you can't go all in. Yeah, there's got to be guys. some variety to create some foot sloggers, you know, whether that's, you know, I guess the the kings or the um, sure. ever popular uh, <clears throat> Nurgle foot demons. Mm -hmm. Let's see. Uh, jumping real quick, Skaven. Uh, I don't know much about the new Skaven book, but I'm excited that Doom Wheels are cheaper. Uh, I have a I have a huge vested interest in Doom Wheels becoming the new big thing. Um. I don't own any Doom Wheels. I just think they're the best. <laughs> I, I would agree with that. I mean, like, I, I know one of the broad themes that kind of touched on the beginning of the cast, which is nice for these points adjustments, is how it makes your games a little less predictable, a little more mm -hmm. fun. Yeah. And anytime the game is grinding you down to a couple keyless perfection, well, you go to two or three GTs and novelty wears off pretty quickly, where yeah. like, if there's at least more possibility for the any cool stuff, you know, you're going to see the wet breadth and depth of the range and have a fun time with all the weird combinations and yeah doom wheels all day long that kind of stuff is great um it looks like they're trying to make some of the other vermin lords palatable so it's not like just the one and that's fine yeah. because you know it's variety too <laughs> no exactly uh flesh eater courts the vanilla terror guys and zombie dragons got cheaper uh bone bone reapers a bunch of different things uh got some tweaks hopefully oh, we'll yeah. see uh, again, it goes to what we were talking about earlier, less of just the large blob of more tech and uh, getting a little bit more variety back into that army. Because uh, yeah. all of their models are super cool. <clears throat> you know, I mean, I like some more than I like others, but they're all cool at the end of it's the day. True. And I want to see them all. 
Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you on that. And I guess, you know, the, the Soul Blade Grave Lords were getting a similar treatment here. You know, Terror Geist and Zombie Dragons going down. Just a couple spot reductions of like the Whites, uh, Kings and the uh, the Bloodseeker Palanquin and Neferata. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only one of these that kind of surprised me was Neferata. I would have, I guess, picked them out of a lineup to be the specific ones who got the point break, but they kind of yeah. make sense, except for her. Because she's already in a bunch of high-performing lists because I of mean, her cool abilities and synergies. She is, but she also, you know, I feel like if you're thinking about different Mortarks, you know, she's not the one that comes up, right? You've uh, Manfred's there all the time, Archon's there all the time, uh, Lady Olinder is there uh, all the time, um, and Catacros is doing his own thing. Obviously, it's a different book, but. Um, you know, I know Matt has talked about uh, using Neferata, and I think she's, um, you know, she's quite good. I've definitely gotten my ass handed to her, to me by her, mm. on more than one occasion. So uh, I'm maybe a little biased, but uh, yeah, I think you know, if people aren't taking, uh, if people are sleeping on Neferata, give her another look because uh, you know, I think she's she's got some cool utility. Absolutely agreed, and and you know. Maybe these points changes make perfect sense in light of that. It's just, you know, there there are neat tricks, right? She's got her dagger, which is kind mm-hmm. of a YOLO thing, but she also has that spell, which makes you unrendable, which can be really right. cool in some cases. No, exactly. And she <coughs> if she wants to tank, she will tank forever. Mm-hmm. You know? Um <laughs> moving on. Uh Gloom Spike gets they could not go down in points enough, in my opinion. I think we just need Basically, free gets would be would be really the the way to to do it. I have to agree. It just it goes right back to the should we rework the book of the roar scroll? Yeah, yeah. You know, you know, there's someone in Games Workshop headquarters and he's like sweating bullets trying to figure out which button to press. Yeah, and one button is like the fifth Lumineth Realm Lords book, and the other one is like a gets book. Right. <laughs> hammers that left hand button. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, you know, these are good. I think, you know, this goes back. I, I agree with you, Jack, that I think what Gloom's Fight gets need is a new book because their combos just don't make sense anymore in the way that the game is played. And, you know, uh, at this point, you know, they're just not very good at the mission as much as, as, much as they were. Um, these points, I'm sure points drops will help, you know, they, they will absolutely mm-hmm. help. Um, but, one of the things I was thinking about with this is that, like, you know, back in my uh, game designer days, you know, when we do points adjustments and and uh, balance patches and stuff, <clears throat> I would get very excited about going in and changing the rules, you know, and like and giving them functionally a new book or a big FAQ, kind of the kind of mm-hmm. stuff we saw on the top. And uh, I got uh, a good lesson, I think, from from more senior designers who've been there longer and, and seen this before, and it's like. Uh, that should be your last, your last uh, resort. You know, like uh, because you don't want to pull the rug out from under people in a good way or a bad way, right? You know, you don't, right? You want to uh, make the things that they have, right? You know, this is a game, especially where we spend a lot of time making models that take forever to build, to acquire, and build and paint. Um, and so to have their abilities change out from under you semi-randomly is whether it's a buff or a debuff is a bad time. 
I think that's a really appreciable point, right? Because you don't want to feel like your investment in an idea or a mm-hmm. cool thing is is too volatile, right? Because then it's actually maybe economically selfish from the game company's perspective. You know, it makes you less likely to purchase it. But from the player's perspective and all of us who love games, it makes it less fun. Because yeah. then you don't get to do the thing you get to, you want it to do, right? Like, right. If I put together 180 zombies and then they changed them radically so they weren't fun anymore, I'd be really annoyed. Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, uh, do I think this is a Band-Aid for Gloom Spike? It's absolutely, I think this is a Band-Aid. You know, uh, hopefully it's a good Band-Aid. Well, one one thing which I will call out for this Band-Aid that does mm-hmm. seem fun and maybe is something that Matt can do because he mm-hmm. likes to make armies like this is, man, Skater Strand or Ragnarok's real cheap right now at 160. And the yeah. Shaman went down too. And, you know, if they're battle line... Does that doesn't put them in the behemoth slot? Does it? So they I think yeah, I think they lose it. So that's kind of interesting. Uh, so you could you could be taking quite a few uh, big ass spiders. Spiders for days. Our friend Wes might be enjoying that concept as well. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah, and I you know we'll see. I mean, I think unfortunately the spider writers and stuff like that they just need more oomph, and so having more of them is not necessarily the thing that they really needed, but. Having more of them isn't going to hurt in any way, shape, or form. That's true. I mean, at the very least, they're so cheap now that you know, ninety points for five, which is what ten wounds. They're they're mm-hmm. in the good the good ratio there. Yeah. Guess that leaves us with just orc war clans and oh, the mysterious labeled additional profiles, which there's some <laughs> spicy stuff in there. Don't worry. Absolutely, uh, orc war clans. Uh, <clears throat> let's see, cruel boys went down, uh, and um, what's it called? Um, Bone splitters went up, right? So, and iron jaws remain the perfection that they, of course, are. Uh, <laughs> no, no additional notes from from GW. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's that uh, never change. It's basically the fixed point around which the book moves. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I was thinking about it. So I I watched the video that uh, Games Workshop had put out with the, the Meta Watch, and I actually want to say I really like the that format that they have, and I really like listening to uh, their new uh, lead designer. I can't remember his name, uh, Matt. If you're listening, you know, just sort of cut me right there and and like uh, put the name in. You know, just patch it in. We'll loop the line later. Uh, <laughs> but um, you know, I, I find it really. Um, interesting to hear his take on these things and how he's approaching you know thinking about the game balance in a very sort of measured and predictable way uh, i think it's really healthy for the game it's really refreshing uh, especially coming from games workshop to hear uh like a sort of uh to hear them talk about the game in the way that we have come to expect uh game makers to talk about like esports you know it, it makes you feel like the respect is there, their heads in the right in the in in the right place, you know. And mm-hmm. uh, so that was a really interesting um, video. If you if you haven't watched it, or if you if you were sleeping on it, definitely go give it a. You know, yeah, I'll I'll be, I'll be watching it again. You know, and and I had some thoughts on it actually, which I think it's sort of an interesting side note. Mm-hmm. And that I agree with you that I love the direction they're going with it, and I want them to keep doing it. I want them to keep this level of analysis and this approach to mm-hmm. where the meta is and how to balance things. I only have one small kind of a, I don't know if it's a thing which sticks in my craw or kind of makes me just kind of like say, hmm, but really about yeah. the whole situation, and that is that. Uh, this whole format that they're doing is almost a direct 
transcription of something that another podcast has been doing pretty regularly you know, for a little while there. Mm -hmm. And it'll give some credit credits too. The Honest Wargamer has been doing like stats centers, oh, sure. sports style treatments of this, literally weekly analysis. And it's almost like, you know, the league game designer has his breakfast cereal, watches a couple episodes of that and spins one out, which is basically like you know, the kid copying the homework once a month oh, with sure. all the resources available at Games Workshop's disposal. Yeah. But you know what? Maybe they were just the, the trail runners with this or the, or the trailblazers, should say. And and it's, I'm glad they were even trying to go about it this way. Oh, absolutely. On the way they had before. I think, I mean, part of the thing is, you know, just being able to, now that we're in such a, a more interconnected uh, internet age obviously that we have now um versus when these games got started is just getting the data you know is tricky and so it does take people in the community like honest war gamer and uh aos uh shorts and and all these other you know uh aos coach and all these other groups that are putting together this data uh in order to even have this kind of analysis right whereas someone like league of legends or overwatch they just have metrics from every single game that's ever been played Mm -hmm. Right. Because you play on their servers and they save those metrics. It's super easy to get that data. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That will the comp sign mind there for sure. <laughs> a little, right? bit, little bit simpler than trying to track everything, you know, through uh, just paper lists and such. So, of course, the apps and the aggregators like uh, the yeah. like Best Coast Parades do help with that. <laughs> no, exactly. Whereas, like, you know, uh, the crew over here for AOS Ireland, uh, you know, we have a little Google form that you fill out whenever you play a game and we're, you know, tracking our own stats and stuff like that. And that's kind of fun. You get to see your name up there on the stats sheet and whatever. Mine's very low, but... Uh, you know, what are you going to do? Um, I like that. I want us to do that here. That's fun. Yeah. <laughs> but it's also a colossal pain in the ass to enter in all that information every time. You know, of course, and, some people don't do it. So the people who are you know, entering their stat sheet every time kind of maybe get some skewing results. That's no, exactly. Um, and it's a thankless job to continuously remind everybody to enter your stupid scores, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but, uh, the, so the reason I went on this tangent about the meta watch article, I was thinking about iron jaws They're near, near and dear to my heart now. Uh, and they were talking about, okay, for, um, uh, for, for factions that are doing pretty, pretty well, they're in the middle of the pack, they're doing fine. You know, they're in the acceptable win ratio. Um, they're going to try and. They're now trying to make some changes that affect sort of internal balance where we can make less popular units more popular within the faction. So I think that's what we're seeing here with the Stormcast Eternals, with the Cities of Sigmar, um, maybe a little bit with the Hedon Knights of Slanesh or uh, Flesh Eater Courts or Gra Grave Lords, you know. It's it's true. I mean, it, is this going to be the thing which gets more demonettes on the table or you see some like fiend groups? Maybe. Yeah. I mean, that's that's what you want. It's it's fun to kind of say, oh, I haven't seen that before. Or, Get that cool interaction. So I'm all excited about it. But Miles, we did not yet touch the Holy Grail, the chain. Oh my the gosh, biggest yes, one. The biggest yeah. one, uh, which is uh, the Kronspine Incarnate Gur has gone up a whopping 80 points. It's a big deal. It is. It is. Now, as some of our regular listeners may know, we've been sort of teasing out this big discussion on the Kron Spine and its presence in the tournament. It wasn't mm -hmm. healthy or unhealthy as a whole episode topic, which this is sort of like landed right in the middle of. So maybe that isn't quite as necessary anymore. Right. But I do think it deserves a little bit of time just to talk about that plus, okay, 80-point change. Is yeah. it enough given what it functionally does on the battlefield? Is it still for its battlefield function a no-brainer and are we still going to see it 
really omnipresent? I'm going to say yes. <laughs> I don't yeah. think this changes it at all. Fair enough. I think 80 points is nothing. Do I want 10 wounds? Yeah. But do I want the ability to lock something in combat without fail for two rounds at least? Sure. Do I want something which can assassinate a couple of different items or, you know, kind of run around, potentially be immortal with janky kind of endless spell eating hijinks? Yeah, mm -hmm. I do. Um, there's nothing that replicates that. It is a Marathi. <laughs> No, so sure. It could be 600 points. Still, you know, maybe getting the high there, but it's still yeah, the utility yeah. which people want. Well, I think so. I think for the um, the armies that were using it as uh, as a crutch, you know, the armies that are like, you know, let's talk about Gloom Spite Gits or mm -hmm. Bone Reapers, maybe or Flesh Eater Courts, right? Armies that are not are sort of on the lower end of the the tier, and maybe so, that have clearly gotten buffs recently. If you were taking it for those armies, I think you're still taking it, right? The eighty points is not is not going to deter you. It's still very absolutely. Good. Um, if you were on the fence about it, right? Like, if I'm playing Iron Jaws, would I benefit from a Kron Spine? Sure. You know, it is now more expensive than a Maw Crusher, you know, whereas it was cheaper than a Maw Crusher. And like, you know, I think I would rather have a Maw Crusher, but, uh, you know, it, it was an interesting point and I was on the fence about it. And now I'm really not as much on the fence. I'm like, yeah, I'll just take a Maw Crusher, you know. And, and I think that's a good point. Maybe this pushes it just a little bit out of reach. Or maybe in some cases, you now you can't take it and fit in all the stuff that you need to sure. get. Just the way we're talking about, like, uh, sort of with the, the Maggot Kin, how there was a very thin margin of points change they could tolerate and keep the same sort of list. Yeah. But let's let's do a little thought experiment, because there's one other thing which occurred to me around this, which uh, mm -hmm. might, might keep things more or less the same. What would you say would be a top army that was really relying on this Kronspine? Kronspine was always coming. Sure. Uh, I think, you know, the, the biggest abusers are probably Daughters of Cain and maybe the new uh, Zinch. Okay. So, won't really, I guess my point will still be stillborn in this particular one because they're not on these points adjustments. But for those who were in these points adjustments, I guess what I was going to say is right. if you got a break in some places, that doesn't hurt as much to to still want the crown spine. No, sure, exactly. Um, and, well, and I think if you were getting a points decrease in this in this update, you're one of the armies that should be considering. Like you know, you were clearly someone who needed help, and you should couldn't be considering taking the incarnate of Gur because it's very good and everybody has access to it. It's true. It's true. And uh, I guess I guess time will tell. But I wonder yeah. if it'll kind of recreate the same crutch because it's even better crutch now in, in sure. some ways uh like uh, i'll use but, a random uh, example i was gonna oh. say um for like daughters of cain you know the the trick was you run it up with marathi and then you have two or uh, three unkillable models that can just sit in the middle of the board um and there's nothing you can do about it right meanwhile you're being peppered with bow snakes um mm -hmm. mortal wounds coming from every which way and it's just really hard to deal with. And I think at this point, it does really, I don't know if it completely shuts that down, but like now you have to take fewer bow snakes, right? So the combo just doesn't, like the initial combo still works just as good where you have Marathi, two, both halves of Marathi and the cron spine up in the middle of the board. You have really good board control, but your ability to then uh, shoot from afar with no repercussions is now diminished because you have fewer bow snakes. 
I, I think that's that's exactly the trade-off that they were probably envisioning, and, and I'm mm-hmm. right there with you. I guess the ones that I would sort of like say, well, okay, well, no, how much does this really change the stars? Is you know, I'll go back to my home turf and pick on the Hedonites for a second. Mm-hmm. I mean, not that they were crushing it in the meta, clearly they were not, given the fact that you know they got the points break, so they were down right. at the bottom of the rankings. But you know, uh, if if you were taking what would be like a pretty good like, like let's use the Carnet for what it's good at to make my list more viable list, like something like. A lot of bliss barbs and you know a cron spine to tank things you could shoot and get depravity and do your thing right plus some other stuff well let's say you also want a purple sun in there at some point and that was your medalist mm-hmm. well you're probably taking glutos because he's one of the only casters in the whole you know book which has access to easy buffs okay so you want to pair up with the cron spine now he's a plus two caster maybe get that purple sun off more easily you know following where i'm going with this yep well, now he went down by 30 points. So if all things are equal, <laughs> really, you know, you just got a 50-point increase in your cron spine, not a 30. Sorry, not right. 80. And that, that sort of thing could come up in a couple different configurations, which maybe aren't like the top of the meta popular, but will keep the cron spine popular. Right. No, and that's what I think. I mean, I think the goal is to... Uh, <clears throat> You know, what's interesting about both of the two sort of big abusers of the Cronspine is that they are both uh, armies that really hurt for points. You know, like, Zinch, everything in that Zinch book is expensive. That's true. They're, they're thirsty for, right? for more resources. And, <laughs> and a lot of them are, like, useless, squishy wizards, you know, that you have to take because otherwise you're not getting enough summoning points or you're not getting the right buffs where you need them, right? And so you're spending a lot of utility points on stuff and you don't have the points, you know? And so uh, I don't think anyone's going to drop the blue scribes because uh, the Cronspine went up uh, 80 points, right? The blue scribes are like really, really good. But like, it's that's the kind of uh, question, like which of those squishy support wizards that you normally get buffs from are you now not taking exactly did you, did you go from six to five and is that going to make the difference in both your summoning points or the stuff i totally agree yeah well it's going to be interesting to see how this all shakes out i mean of course they adjusted some of the endless spells uh mm-hmm. nothing too surprising there cogs goes but, up cogs were always good i'm not you know no no the the soul seeker that's a fun one i've seen him uh be abused pretty recently so that was kind Mm -hmm. of uh interesting i had a uh an opponent uh have drycha cast the soul seeker so he's the little boatman who ferries the wizard along and the really nasty thing about him so he uh you you cast him and then when he goes to move um, he can move 18 inches and then you can get out on the other side. So you get 18 inches plus kind of, you know, three to four inches ad- additional. And then the wizard the orientation. Yeah. Yep. Right. And then the wizard can still move, which if it's a squishy wizard, you know, I think you take a mortal wound or whatever, but like, it's fine. You know, um, you know, if it's like a squishy little battle mage, like who cares? Woo. Good job. But this is Drycha. Right. This is like a this is a strong wizard. You know, you could do this with Archeon or somebody like maybe not Arch Ar- yeah, Archeon's a wizard, right? Yeah. And anyway, I think where the base is is not too big, right? Isn't there right. Some on there? Yeah. So so now Drycha, I don't know how far she moves naturally. Let's say it's twelve inches. Uh for the you know, I, I could look it up. Maybe I, you know, maybe I should be more prepared for this podcast. But uh, <laughs> you know, all of a sudden she's moved, you know. Uh, 12 plus our like four to six ish, you know, uh, wiggle room plus another 18, you know, and can still charge and can still shoot. 
you know, it's a it's a gross amount of mobility, and so that's kind of interesting that that one uh, he wasn't the only person uh, to to come up with that combo. Uh, clearly, oh, absolutely, it, it, it made it to the stats. So it's, it's kind of interesting. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be a nice little series of shifts here. It hasn't a sea change, but it's a nice adjustment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think that's what we were hoping. You know, I mean, the 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 fact of the matter is the game's relatively good. You know, I mean, it's a great. The game is great. The the meta is relatively good. That's true. I mean, we do have a podcast about this game, so the game yeah. is sacrosanct. But <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is in a good place. Well, you know, this has been a, a pretty good run through it. Of course, you know, mm-hmm. next time we all get together, we're going to have Matt with us. You know, our duo will become a trio once more, straddling so many time zones and places. Mm-hmm. And I think that at that point, we might get a couple additional hot takes from him. And hopefully some wild new ideas for the thing he's painting up based upon these changes. If I know, oh, yeah, well. no, that'll be great. Uh, yeah. So we'll leave it. We'll leave it there for today. Uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, and uh, if, if you don't strike last, you strike last. Strike sometime, but you should yeah. strike last. You should. Yeah. yeah, exactly. There we go. I heard once that patience is a virtue. It remains so. There we go. So always strike last. Always. <laughs> <laughs>